Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced from alexmercedcoder.com. And this episode is actually going to be an episode on several of my podcasts, including including uh, the Bitcoin Blockchain Crypto Podcast, which very sporadically has an episode, and um, the Web Development 101 po Podcast. Just because a lot of one I'm talking about in this episode touches on a lot of the topics or a lot of the, the themes in those particular podcasts and programs. Um, and that is decentralized technology. There's a couple like really um, cool pieces of technology that I wanted to talk about that if you're a developer, you should really take advantage of. One is going to be uh, Algo and Algorand. Algorand is a blockchain um, similar to, let's say, Ethereum. Um, it uses a proof of stake algorithm. If you're not familiar with like proof of stake versus proof of work, think about it this way. Um, and every blockchain, the way it generally works is that people voluntarily provide their computing power. So basically, um, I say, hey, I'm going to provide my computer to validate transactions on this blockchain, and a bunch of other strangers that I've never met do it too. That's why it's a trustless network. No one has to know each other. No one has to trust each other. But what's the incentive to do so? So generally the incentive for volunteering the, that computing power is some sort of reward. And there has to be some sort of mechanism for determining who gets that reward and how. The original mechanism is proof of work. This is what Bitcoin, I think still Ethereum, uh, works off of. Where basically every sort of section of the ledger, the list of transactions on that blockchain, are basically locked bought with a key in a sense, like locked, like a locked treasure chest. And this this lock is really like a combination, like a really complex combination. So then everyone who's dedicating their computing power at the same time is also trying to crack open the safe. And that requires even more computing power and more electricity and more. But the idea is that there's that cost that, um, you know, basically helps dictate sort of value kind of like you know there's a cost to mining gold and because of that gold there's, there's sort of this value to gold um but that's how it works so essentially whoever is able to decode or figure out the key break the combination of that particular block gets the reward okay so everyone's just trying to dedicate as much computing power be part of like mining pools so that way they can be the computer that figures out the next bitcoin block because i think you get like I, I don't think it's 20 anymore. I think they just halved it. So it's what's like you get like 10 Bitcoin per block and with Bitcoin at like $30,000. So mining a block gets you like a hundred like, let's see here, like let's say um, 30 times 10, let's say like 300 grand a block, not a bad deal. Okay, I remember when it's like a few bucks. <laughs> um, so that is how proof of work works. Algo or Algorand uses um, proof of stake. And the way this works is that you stake, you set up a node. And to set up a node, you generally have to have like so many of the actual tokens. So in this case, Algo is the token, um, the currency of the Algo network, of the Algorand network. And essentially to set up a node, meaning you're setting up a computer to validate transactions you're setting up your you're, you're volunteering your computing power you have to have let's say so many of the token and what happens is that based on and then you stake you say I'm going to commit this much algo to um, 
validating transactions. So your computer is just validating transactions. It's not also trying to calculate some, some break some safe essentially, which means it's a lot less electricity, which means it's kind of better for the environment. Okay, so like that's sort of like the big thing, uh, the big critique of Bitcoin, that you know the proof of work uh, algorithm can be very electricity intensive and not necessarily great for the electrical grid and the environment and things like that. So proof of stake is one of the answers. And so basically the way you determine who wins the reward is generally like how much you earn or like what portion of the next block you get is more a function of how much you're staking. So the more algo you stake, the more currency you commit to your node, um, you the more you get. So places like Coinbase, allow you to to share in that staking so basically i think probably like coinbase has a node and then if you have algo being held in coinbase your algo is essentially being staked in coinbase's node and they're sharing the rewards with you okay and that right now kind of averages like a six percent return so i've been holding uh, a lot of algo because hey you know it generally hovers around like 95 cents to a dollar five right now um so it has like a trading range but at the same time you're collecting six percent interest that's that's a pretty awesome story from a financial perspective but the technology again has backers or someone i forget exactly who but um avc just dedicate i think just put to put forward like a hundred million dollars uh, as seed money so if you wanted to create like a application on the algorand network if that's something you wanted to do um there's this fund where you can like say say here's my business idea um, here's my plan and actually get funding to do so. So if you're someone who's been thinking about doing a startup and wanted to build something like that's an opportunity, um, and one worth exploring. But overall, like, you know, I've done some reading on uh, the, the software development side of things and it, I wouldn't say like it's ever straightforward per se, having to connect to a node and, and, and do all these transactions, but, but it offers good support in multiple languages, uh, such as Go, JavaScript, Python, um, that you can write your Algorand um, applications in. So that's pretty cool. You don't necessarily have to learn a whole other language like Solidity or something. Uh, Solidity being the language which, with which you write um, Ethereum smart contracts. So that's, that's cool thing number one. Now the other piece of decentralized technology I want to talk about was a GUN. A GUN is a decentralized database that takes advantage of WebRTC. And if you aren't familiar with what WebRTC is, uh, WebRTC is the protocol used for like video chat apps. So the idea here is you, like if I'm chatting on Zoom, I'm not really using Zoom servers. Like you might think it's like, man, that's a lot of people like talking over video on Zoom. That must be like a lot of wear and tear on all those servers. But with WebRTC, it isn't because technically you're, the, the users are connected directly to each other. So they're not using some server, they're not shipping all their video to some server somewhere, and which is then being shipped to the other side. They're just shipping it directly to the other user. Okay, so it allows you to kind of connect in this real-time way. Um, and GUN kind of takes advantage of that. So what you do is like you would connect to an application that uses GUN as a database, um, and it would just connect to other people using the application via WebRTC, and then each user saves their data uh, locally. And then basically, 
the database just kind of expands as everyone's using it. So the more people using the application at the same time, the more data there is and the more robust the application. So you can imagine like a social network, like you can imagine something like Mastodon adopting this. Like if you're not familiar with Mastodon, it's that decentralized like version of Twitter where people can start their own servers, but this would be serverless. Everyone would have, have their tweets on their system. There is no server that can be shut down. There's no federation of servers. There would just be your like tweets on your computer um, saved in sort of a graph database format. And then the people you follow would also be saved in that sort of graph format. And if they are on, they're online and they can access their information, then you'd be able to pull down their tweets. Um, that's really cool. Like the implications of that are really cool. You can create applications that literally are decentralized, like, like even to an extreme where like, you don't have to worry about people having to set up their own servers. It would just exist um, because essentially anyone who is using the application. Essentially, the only server you would need is to host the actual web app, but the actual data would just be completely decentralized, um, which is really cool. But I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to go through the same lengths um, as let's say a blockchain, where you, you need people who validate transactions and whatnot, doesn't necessarily need the same computing power. Um, everyone just basically manages their own data, which is interesting. I wonder if you, know, you could kind of set up um, some sort of like, currency system that way and make it where like take blockchain to the next level where technically there is no necessarily like central ledger it's just like this complete like like basically in blockchain what you do is you decentralize the curation of the ledger but there's still just one ledger like everyone has a copy of that ledger but there's just one ledger that everyone's validating i guess the next step would be to decentralize a ledger where basically there is no central ledger but somehow you have all these disparate pieces that are able to like um validate each other through some sort of like recursive way um so that that is pretty cool but yeah point is though right now you could create like really cool like social media apps that are very scalable at very low cost because you are not having to store all the data yourself which also really opens up like a lot of liability stuff in the sense where you're like you can't be really held liable for the data because you don't hold the data you have no control over the data the data is not yours it's the users um so I'm really interested to see what people build with this gun database. If you're working on a project uh, using the gun database, please reach out. I would love to interview you and, and ask you more about how that's going. Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about in this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, again, you guys can always follow me uh, on Twitter at Alex Merced Coder. And if you want to hear just my general sort of like non-coding thoughts, like my opinions on the world and politics and things like that, you can follow me on Alex Merced and alexmerced.com. But again, if all you care about is the coding, Alex Merced Coder, alexmercedcoder.com, YouTube, Alex Merced Coder, uh, you know, I kind of keep it all nice and separated so that way you get what you, you want. If you don't want to hear me opine on X, Y, or Z, you don't have to. And if you don't want to hear me talk about code, you don't have to. I have Twitter accounts, YouTube accounts that address whatever you are your what value you get out of me here so you have a great day uh, my name is alex merced and um, i will see you all later on